Oi, oi! And welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by Carol Langley Flores, with myself, Steve Nussbaum. And as always, I'm joined by my good friend, South Stand chum, bearded legende, the one and only, the daddy-o. He is back at Orient Outlook podcast towers. It's Mr. Paul Levy. We are back at Orient Outlook Podcast Towers. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is episode number 323. We hope you've been enjoying your summer so far. Thanks to everyone who tuned into our last show, which was all the way back in the uh, sort of beginning of May, really, as we reviewed the 22-23 uh, championship winning season. We went for it match by match, uh, as you'll probably know. So if you haven't gone on holiday yet and looking for some listening while you're on your sun loungers, Download it on whatever podcast platform that you use. It's still available, as are all of our shows. So if you really do need some switch off time, there's some great stuff uh, out there for you to go and reminisce about. But this show, this week's show, is all about a roundup of everything that's been going on since that date, since the end of the season uh, up until today, which, as we record, is the 7th uh, of July. So uh, without further ado, I think it's best that we just crack on. Yeah, so like Omar Beckles, like Dan Happy, Carol Langley Flores have signed a new contract at your favourite Orient podcast and they are with us for the next season at least. So hopefully, as you know, Carol Langley Flores specialise in bespoke flowers sourced from the finest growths in the world and they can do anything from a simple thank you to anything as big as tailored wedding packages or bar mitzvahs or whatever you need them for and the bonus part is, is if you're an Orient fan, or a player or a staff member, they can give you up to a whopping 15% off for all of your costs. So to get in touch with John and his fantastic team, you can give them a call on 0208-529-4130 or you can contact them via social media. They're on Twitter at carollangleye 4 or you can find John at EssexBiz. You can find us him on Instagram at carollangleyflorist and you can find us on, on Facebook as well under carollangleyflorist. Florist. Yeah, good to be partnering with John and the team there as well for yet another season. So uh, great to have you guys on board. One piece of AOB for you in this show. We just want to say a really big happy birthday to young O's fan Darcy Ingle, who turned 11 on the 30th of June. We hope you had a great day celebrating. And if you've had a birthday during the summer and the off season uh, and we haven't been told about it, we wish you a happy birthday. And if you've got one coming up, happy birthday. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So a lot has happened. We're going to cover the pre-season was like the beard of the giant they said earlier. So let's take you back all the way back to Monday, the 15th of May. And on this day, the club announced it's released and it's retained list. So we're not going to announce all uh, the players, but we are going to highlight the released list from the club. So released on this day, Craig Clay left. Yeah, congrats to Craig who got a move to Sutton. Fair play, as revealed as by Richie Wellens. And, the, and <laughs> Sutton thanked him for it. You dirty rat, Richie, you dirty rat. Uh, so Craig Clay leaves after six years of amazing service. Also leaving the club, Sonny Fish, Anthony Georgiou, what happened to Ant Georgiou? Never saw anything of him, yet he'd been on the longest trial period in footballing <laughs> history. He had a really good pre-season. I thought he looked mustard, to be honest. Gone. Gone. Done. Poor boy. Also leaving yeah. the club. Jordan Lydon, I guess, unsurprisingly. Sam Sargent, after years I worth. think he needs to go and get first-team football. I Even hope. if he has to drop down into the National League to get it, or National League South, he needs to be playing at his age 
regular football. Absolutely. Not be a number two. We still think of him as a young lad, but now he's like mid-20s because he broke in your own team yeah, yeah. so early on in yeah. his career. So wish him the best of luck. Harry Smith also, also. at Sutton done very With well. With goal. Absolutely. Done very well at Barnet, to be fair, yeah. uh, in his loan spell. And yeah. I think he could actually do really well at Sutton based on the way they play and the way they target their football. Yeah. Also leaving the O's, Connor Wood. Obviously, been on loan at Colchester, second half of the season. Done quite well there. We wish Connor the best for the future. And young O, I don't think we mentioned in our season finale, as it was announced quietly before, uh, Matthew Young. Very formal. Very formal. <laughs> yeah, but wish them all the very best. And those that also joined us on loan that went back to their parent clubs, we wish them all the success. Not really surprised by any of the kind of comings or goings at this point. It's a shame to say goodbye to players who have always done their best, given everything in an orange shirt. But it's, you know, sad to say goodbye to Craig Clay, who I thought might get another year, probably earned the right for another year in that squad. But when you now look, just like look back at who we've signed mm. and we're moving with younger players that have got... Yeah. Massive potential. You understand it, but the guys worked really hard for six years to get us to where we are now. You'd have kind of thought, give him a year. Doesn't have to be on like massive like improvement of terms, in my opinion. Just something to give to say thank you. But you know, obviously he's on and and he's gone down to to League Two. So yeah, he's a good player and he's a good addition to to any squad. Yeah, really good. Yeah, me, not any surprises within that release list. Yeah, it's sad to see players like you've spoken about leave. Craig Clay, I think I mentioned it after Mansfield, that felt like his goodbye. He spent so long on the pitch applauding and obviously getting loads of songs about him from the fans and I guess the same with Sam Sargent. So sad to see them leave, but probably the right decision. It was quite nice actually when Craig announced his release because you saw the outpouring of love yeah. from the fans and it was pretty unanimous for the most part I would say uh, which rarely happens I mean he leaves uh, as a double promotion winner Correct. after six years of Orient Championship there's not many Orient players who can say that they've no. had a double promotion as an O so not, not many stay six years either yeah so very sad to see I think it's probably worth pointing out that quite a few players at the well were mentioned as being offered new contracts and I think there were kind of four big ones that everyone kind of looked at in yeah. Beckles, Happy, Smith and Vigor at that point. You looked at those four and they're the key ones. Yeah. So made a point saying I hope the players offered new contracts sign. Obviously we'll cover those a bit later on. Like we said, lots of reaction when Craig announced he was leaving the club and when that list came out, we'll mention a few tweets that came into us or an Outlook podcast towers. El Coado said Craig Clay not being an Orient player next season breaks my heart a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's a nice way of putting it. Chef Kent once said, gutted to see such a super guy leave. Thought he was a brilliant, he was brilliant as a team player recently. Billy Cowell GB said, top player, top low, gutted to see Craig go. Thought he had earned a crack at League mm. One. A pleasure watching him play for us yeah. over the last five years. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Billy, as well. And yeah, I, f- I forgot to say that. I wish all the players leaving yeah. all the very best. And thanks for all your support uh, to get us to where we are now. Ewan Carter, 25, said, Top player, brilliant servant for the last six years. Player of his calibre has probably got a few years on the tape, few offers on the table, sorry. I'll be very surprised if he dropped to the National League, but whatever club he joins next, they've got a good player. Yeah, agree. Lawton Gamps is sad to see Craig Clay go, but in the end, the correct decision in the name of progress. And the same goes there for Sam Sargent. Huge amount of work to do on the squad, but it's being overseen by a manager who has earned some faith. Going to be 
a fascinating summer. Yeah, absolutely. Wilco 300 said, took me a while to warm to Craig as a player, but fully appreciate him now. His performances in February really drove us on at a time when we were starting to have a wobble. Always great with my son whenever we ask for a photo or a signature. A real credit to the game and a true gent. Tom Davies, E17, said, I suspect he didn't quite have enough to make the step up to League One, but a fine club servant. Not just in 2018-19 promotion year, but early on in 2021-22, when his injury absence coincided with our collapse in form, he'll do a job for someone in the league. Yeah, Lennon Force, we'll never forget his first goal, the game where Eastley tried every bleep house tactic in the book to win. And Clay got that 98th minute oh, equaliser. Yes. Against that keeper, that old experienced boy who was giving it to the south stand and then Craig put it in the back of the net. Amazing. Yeah, well remembered there, Len. That's a very good memory. And a new to handle on me, Tube Mummy 68. Says best of luck, best of luck, uh, Sammy, in regards to Sam Sargent. Hope you get somewhere, you get the number one job. Shame you was up against the amazing... I mean, that's a great point. Vigoru was so consistent since he come in. Yeah. Like, there's not many keepers at League 2 level... That good. ...who would have ousted Vigoru, yeah. right? So, Sargent has had a very tough two and a half years trying to oust Viggs, three and a half years maybe, because Viggs was so perfect in that one. Yeah. And and the strange thing about Lawrence Vigoru is, is that he signed in, Jan, in, in January and he was quite late... He was quite late to the party, I, I remember, because the video of him was walking into a hotel, or maybe it was a pre-season sometime, and he'd just re-signed. Might be getting slightly confused, but I'm pretty sure with the video of him walking into the hotel was was right. So yeah, I think it was January, I think we'd gone and stayed it. somewhere. Yeah, um, good memory. So yeah. Uh, later in the evening, the announcement of our first player to sign a new contract being club captain Darren Darren Prattley, who'd signed a one-year contract extension. I'll go anywhere. I'll follow him. Yeah. Anywhere. So, Darren, I mean, that's obviously good news, right? He's 38 years old, from what Richie's yeah. saying. He's had a fantastic pre-season so far. Leads by example. Deserves yeah. the year uh, based on his performances last season. I think last season we saw the real Darren Prattley, who we were all excited about. Yeah. When we signed him the season before. Massive character in the dressing room. Don't imagine he'll start many, but I, I could be wrong. However, when... You see Idris talking about him and about the importance of Darren Prattley next to him in that yeah. field. You can't underestimate players like Prattley and Beckles who might not be as technically gifted as what they were or some other players are. But in their, their prime. influence on the pitch is huge. And so, it's interesting, that's a good comment to make because you look at the Galbraiths and the Sanders that we've just signed and how young, young. they are and relatively inexperienced, by compa- well, certainly by comparison to Darren Prattley, to maybe have someone who's a bit more of a, a wiser head and experienced head sat in there, uh, you bring him on in the 70, 80th minute yeah. when you're managing a game out, like Richie said in, in one of his interviews about, you know, they're going to add time on at the end, so we're probably going to be playing 100, 110 minute games. Um, someone to have hit, ha- to have someone like him on the bench to bring on and just calm the nerves and just see it out is probably... A very, very wise move. Uh, I agree. Great signing. Great to have him back. It may well even segue him into coaching. Good point. Um, to be honest with you, may do, may run some sessions. Yeah. Um, in that way, Les LK fifty two said he thinks that this is a, this is huge in terms of the others signing. He hopes he's right. Yeah. Let's find out. So Tuesday the sixteenth of May followed, and more great news to start the day. An early morning announcement as the ever impressive Jordan Brown was announced as signing a new two-year deal at the club. Me, happy with this. I think the majority of those fans would be happy with this. Yeah. Showed 
his kind of adaptability played all round the park last season from right back to left back I think centre back for one game yeah. central midfield always done a job got his first goal of the season in the last game of the season yeah. uh, last year young player plenty of ability Yeah, always shows determination and character on the pitch yeah really happy with that yeah, I, I am delighted by this as well. He's a great talent. Pleased that he sees that his future's with us as well. And that's obviously by and large down to uh, Richie and, and, and what he's able to do to help support him. But again, he was a Kenny Jacket signing uh, originally. Yeah, um, good point. One, one of the last few that we... One of the only, only one out of five that, that, we've, um, that we signed in that that's actually proven to... Still be at the club. Still be at the club and still be good enough. Yeah, absolutely. So... Um, we 81 Will yeah one well one tweet that we're going to read out on that he was chuffed said absolutely brilliant news but he can't wait for Derby wait mate neither can we mate we'll see you there yeah absolutely Wednesday the 17th of May the club announced they'd be heading abroad again this pre-season with a trip to Spain in July friendly's been arranged against Charlton Athletic on Friday the 14th yeah and abs- then we'll be playing them about three and a half three weeks later <laughs> absolutely Thursday the 25th of May club announced two further pre-season fixtures as an on XI it will travel to Ebbs Fleet United on Wednesday the 19th of July this one kicks off at 7.45 and on Tuesday the 1st of August we go to Bishops Stortford in our final pre-season fixture before the season kicks off on Saturday the 5th of August. Yeah, Saturday the 27th of May then the club announced the O's will be kicking off their pre-season schedule away at Billericay Town on Friday the 7th of July. That happened obviously Friday night just gone and we'll cover that in a bit. We certainly will. Also on Saturday 27th of May it was the Championship playoff final. A bit of O's involvement in that one. So former goalkeeping coach Kevin Dearden, Luton Town team, got promoted. To yeah. the pre- unbelievable. Promoted to the Premier League. It can be done. Miracles do happen. happen. Yeah. We also send our commiserations out to former O's midfielder, destroyer of ball boys <laughs> in Plymouth, Mr <laughs> Liam Kelly, whose commentary side guttingly missed out. Yeah, Tuesday the 30th of May. Then Richie Wellens was named the League Two Manager of the Year at the LMA Awards. So well done, Richie. Absolutely. Well deserved there as well, Mr Wellens. Fantastic work. On Wednesday the 31st of May, we say congratulations to former Orient striker Macca Bon as he married his childhood sweetheart. Hope you had a lovely day, Macca, and congratulations to you. Yeah. On the pictures. Friday the 2nd of June, the club announced they'll be playing a friendly away at Dagenham and Redbridge on Tuesday the 25th of July as the pre-season fixture list is all but complete and confirmed with the continued pitch maintenance at Brisbane Road. All fixtures will be played away from home this year. Yeah, absolutely, for pre-season. So Wednesday the 7th of June, as pre-season rolled on, the club held its AGM meeting, which was streamed live on the club's YouTube channel. We're just going to cover uh, the key points from this one. First up, we've spoken about player contracts. So four players with Viggs, Happy, Beckles and Smith had been confirmed. It's all been offered contracts that must be decided by the following Saturday with Martin saying they are the best contracts offered to anyone in the last six years but we always have replacements in mind if need be. Yeah, also went on to say that the new stadium would cost about 75 to 100 million for a 15,000 seater. The focus now is improving the match day experience and request has been put into the council to close Brisbane Road to cars on match days to enable a fan zone to be set up. So technically, you're, you don't leave the club. Yeah, very exciting. Also <coughs> announced that the hybrid pitch, which has been installed over the summer, 
is 6% synthetic and more rugged. Doesn't sound a lot, but then I'm not an expert on synthetic pitches. No, the club done quite a good piece, didn't they, about the pitch and the way it's starting to kind of take shape. I'm yeah. sure as the season gets closer, they'll do more kind of involvement around it. But I mean, it can only help the club from what from what we see. And obviously, it's a adaptable pitch. Nigel Travis has spoken many times about it and obviously it's expensive. and It's all been dug up, drainage put in and all that kind of, it's all been done properly, so fair play. Uh, The preference is not to give the whole of the East Stand over to the likes of the derbies in our league, given our ticket sales are good, so that's a positive. Absolutely, couldn't agree with that point more. Went on to say, commercially being more shrewd within the club and not going for deals that don't work as well as they could do for us. Yeah, season ticket sales at this point were at 4,625 in total and they've been capped to ensure that we have revenue from the full ticket prices on match days. Yes. Sensible. Also went on to add, we are still in discussions on a new training ground. Obviously, that's been spoken about quite a bit and any updates will follow from the club on that one. Yeah, still looking at naming rights for the stadium, but they're not going to go by uh, just for any name. They pulled out of a few deals recently because they tried to change the terms at the last minute. Uh, yeah. That's the sponsoring company. Yeah, went on to mention that revenue from the new TV deal in League One is 12% uh, cut of the money compared to 8% what you get in League Two. So yeah, from promotion are already a bit better off than what they yeah, were. Absolutely. Plan is to build for the championship over three or four years, but that requires a lot more revenue as most clubs lose about 18 to 20 million pounds each season in that league, it's most the most challenging league in terms of cash flow. Yeah, so interesting because obviously the TV money slightly more, about eighty percent. I think you get the championship, but still crazy, crazy money. A really good AGM to watch. So well done to everyone involved in that one. That's obviously on the club's YouTube channel. So if anyone hasn't watched that and found those points interesting, go back and have a watch. I think it's like fifty six minutes, minutes around yeah. about roughly an hour. But really interesting. Well done to the club for being honest. Uh, an open transparent to go and transmit that live as it was happening. So Thursday, the 8th of June, and it was four years to the day since Justin Edinburgh passed away. So always remembered by the O's, never forgotten his name, sung loud and proud, plenty of names last season, and I dare to say it will be for many, many more years to come, as Absolutely. it absolutely should be. Absolutely right. Friday the 9th of June then, another pre-season friendly was announced as the O's will be back up the A12. We're on our way to Colchester United, this time Saturday the 29th of July. Got to love all these local away derbies absolutely. and pre-season, lovely. Yeah. So Monday the 12th of June, rumours starting to fly around social media about our out-of-contract plays, especially Lawrence Vigoru, who is at this point being heavily linked with a move to Premier League side Burnley. Yeah, but in the evening, an actual transfer um, that was announced, Dan Nkrumah had announced that he was uh, going to be leaving the club. Yeah, he did. I mean, I've got to say, we never really, I didn't, I never really saw Dan Nkrumah play. i got to be honest, like, I he went alone to Wellington down the right. He obviously was really highly rated. We know there were bids for him in January that were turned down from apparently Middlesbrough and West Brom. Um, but best of luck to him. But I don't really know what we've lost because I don't know what we had because he never got anywhere near the squad. Mm. So 
but wish him the best, see what happens with him at Borough. There's a lot of players that are in the Orient Academy that you never even hear of mm. that get sold on to other academies. They they end up buying from us. So the fact that we know about Dan is is a different kettle of fish. But yeah, I agree. I've got I've got no opinion of him. I don't really remember him playing. Might have seen him play once, maybe pre-season or in a I can't exactly remember. Um, he might have played against Crawley last year. But again, wish him all the best. It turns out that the rumour of Borough being yeah. interested earlier in the season actually turned out to be true after all. Great move for him. Who so knew? a few tweets on that. John W999 said, isn't he under contract? So would he command a fee? Yeah, regardless, he's under a certain age. So assuming that he, he either, he, if he's out of contract, but we've offered him one, I think that we'd still get that. Uh, or he's under contract, then obviously naturally we would get a fee. Harry Day, 1932495 said, surprised he didn't get a kick this season. Yeah, Biffo Props is an excellent player and an all-round good chap. There are also not too many first-teamers who signed that autographed left-handed either. Very good point there. Very <laughs> observant there, Biffo Prop. Lovely um, to see that one. So after Dan had announced he was in mm. on social media, the club confirmed that the following day on the 15th of June and did say that he had joined Middlesbrough for an undisclosed fee. So yeah, money did change hands for that. So good we to assume. see got a fee for him. Yeah, and we a, assume. And a sell-on percentage yeah. as well. Friday the 16th of June, following a quiet few days on the announcement uh, from Martin Ling provided Following a quite few days on the announcement from Martin, Ling provided an update on the current situation with transfers. Now, a long story short, nothing has happened. We continue to talk to players we've offered contracts to. We're looking for a central defensive midfielder and two number nines. I think at this point, it's quite important to say that quite a bit of time had passed. I think a few people were getting itchy fee about the non-announcement of contracts no, no being signed. Yeah. No one coming to the club. So... I think the club noticed that and then Martin obviously put out a video as a consequence of that where I think yeah. he tried to calm everyone down. Yeah. It was an alright video, six minutes. D- didn't say anything that you wouldn't expect him to say within that. I've just highlighted it in like literally 10 seconds. Yeah. But it was no, but I, I, I'm not trying to be funny. I think that's great. Love to see stuff like that. Front in it, being out there saying, look, you know, we're having conversations. These things aren't just like literally there's a contract, sign it. There's a little bit more to it than that. And I respect that completely. He also mentioned that Emmanuel Harvest had signed his first pro contract at the club, which the club confirmed shortly after with an announcement saying he'd signed a one-year deal after an extended year in the academy set up following medical reasons. Yeah, I think, as well as Martin saying, I think Matt Porter has been very transparent on social media as well, Agreed. saying, look, it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. Agree, yeah. The transfer window closes at the end of August, so we have until the end of August to get our squad intact and so there's bound to be I think they've all said there's bound to be late signings due to the way the higher echelons of the EFL and Premier League works where they sign players and I mean squad players ultimately end up getting pushed down and yeah. fall into your level so I think they've been transparent and again like you said I respect the club for being open and transparent they didn't have to do that video but wanted to set a few things yeah, straight so I don't think you get this anywhere else I don't think you get this level of transparency and openness anywhere else it should not be taken for granted absolutely at all but just to say just to finish and congratulate Emmanuel on signing his first contract absolutely uh, well played there hope to see him break through to the first team Agreed. I'm sure he'll get some pre-season minutes whether that's within yeah. an exile or within the first team and whether he turns out to be at the level for League 1 that we need him to be at will also determine how successful he'll be because he's only signed a one-year contract yeah good point good point Wednesday the 21st of June in it was Jordan Brown's 22nd birthday and we hope the young man had an excellent day absolutely the EFL confirmed the two teams that we will be in the EFL trophy group with are Gillingham and Portsmouth with the under 21 side to be confirmed 
the following day. Yeah, but later in the day at 2pm, the club announced our first summer signing as the club announced Max Sanders had signed a two-year deal from Lincoln as he joined us at Brisbane Road. So Max, 24-year-old midfielder, went on to say, I'm someone who likes to get on the ball as much as I can. I've played as a deep-line midfielder, I've played as a number eight, and I've played as part of a two. Whatever the manager wants me to do, I will do, and I'm confident in doing a good job in a number of positions. On paper, it looks like a really decent signing. He's played a lot in League One, comes from a good academy, and from what he says, he'll fit into Richie's style of play really nicely. Looks like Idris won't be coming back. I finished my note by saying <laughs> Ah, the glory of Famous Einstein. last words. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> uh, I mean, for me, honestly, not a player I'm familiar with. I've watched enough League One football through the EFL show or whatever to know a bit about League One, in honesty. I'm not a player who jumped out at me to go, oh, I know that name. Yeah. But look, one of the things about doing this podcast, if it's taught me anything, is... Just because I don't know someone's name doesn't necessarily mean they're not a good player. Yeah, so I've learned that. So hopefully he's good. Talks to talk. Like you said, it seems like a decent signing. Good experience. Good age as well. Knows the level of League One. So it's signing from another League One club. It's not someone from well below the pyramid yeah. or an older footballer who needs to come down. So yeah, good signing. Wonder if he'll be a first teamer mm. or if he'll be a sub. Richie announced after Billy Ricky, or he talks about the strength of that central midfield. There's a lot. Of- there is good competition yeah. within that central midfield and Sanders will only add to that. So, yeah, excited by that one. Tony Will, 49069676, tweeted us, said, sounds like a decent signing. Good age, lots of League One experience, which he obviously sees something in the lad that Lincoln didn't as he wasn't offered a new contract. Yeah, Thursday the 22nd of June. Turned out to be quite a busy day with quite a bit of big news. Firstly, happy Orient Day, as many will remember at 4.45pm on this day in 2017. The club announced it had been taken over by a consortium of Nigel Travis and Kent Teague. We were rescued away from a lunatic (laughs) owner and a new dawn had begun. Yeah, got to love Orient Day. And then at 9am, to kick off Orient Day, the EFL fixtures were released to a very, very excited fan base. We're not going to go through all the fixtures, but we'll go through the key dates. First game of the season, Saturday, 5th of August. Don't come any bigger for away trips. Charlton Athletic away. I'm in New Yorker. You're on a cruise. We both missed that one, very disappointingly. Mm. First home game (laughs) follows on the following Saturday, 12th of August. It's another biggie. Portsmouth at home. I'll still be selling myself on a beach somewhere. I'll Very be disappointing back. <laughs> to miss that one. Boxing Day, Charlton at home on Boxing Day. That'll be a biggie. New Year's Day away to Cambridge United on our hangovers. And the last game of the season, possible promotion party, possible playoff party. Who knows? But anyway, <laughs> that will take place on Saturday, the 27th of April at Shrewsbury Town. Really exciting day when you see yourself up against Derby County, Barnsley, Barnsley Bolton, Oxford, Plymouth are back. Cambridge. Plymouth. Plymouth in terms of... I care about. Yeah, I mean, that's a whole different kettle of fish that we'll come on to. But Mm. it was an exciting day. Some big, big teams. Back to Peterborough. Back to some clubs where, you know, we haven't been there in a couple of times. Wigan. I mean, League... There's some teams who are coming down this season who you look at and go, they'll be big teams. But Wigan off the field are being run absolutely disastrously. Blackpool. Another Redding. one, terrible Blackpool. Some big teams coming down who I don't think, as it stands, are going to be at the top of that table. There are ample opportunities. And again, Richie speaks about it a bit in his interview. It's Bill Ricky that will play about some mid-table teams you look at. And they made really good signings. He mentioned Burton 
uh, in terms of their turnover, Fleetwood, about making some really good, how they can, might surprise people. I think Richie sees himself and us as being maybe one of those clubs who can sign some decent players and push themselves yeah. up to a level. So we look at Wigan, really they're starting on minus eight at the moment. Reading are probably not going to be that far behind them because their irregularities yeah, and their absolutely. own issue. And there are some teams that just, just won't because they're just going to be... You know, yeah, they're just going to be the you know couple of the weaker sides, and look four go down. You just don't want to be one of those four, and I don't think we'll be looking at that end of the table. Be a mate. I mean, never say never. This podcast has taught us that things do happen in football that you yeah. can't quite explain. But a very exciting season. Some Agreed. massive away days coming up. Paul underscore LT two P. So seeing the start, we need seeing the start. We need to get players in ASAP so they can have a good preseason and join the existing yeah. group. I bet Richie can't wait to get. Going, he mentioned Charlton, Portsmouth, Posh, Reading, Barnsley, and Bolton for my away trips. Looking forward to, unless we are involved in anything, Derby away could be pointless. But I hope not. Nice to be back in League One. Also announced later that morning that was that Fulham's under twenty one side will be joining the O's in our EFL Trophy Group E with the fixture date to follow. So that means it's now us, Portsmouth, uh, Gillingham, and Fulham under twenty ones. Absolutely, and also on this day. Fixture announcements. The Carabao Cup first round draw was made. Could you believe it? Old foes return. Surprise, surprise. Plymouth away with the tie to be played. Week commencing, 7th of August. To be fair, as sick as we are of them, there's a few tweets where their fans had tagged LFC and gone, really? You got like, again? So as much as we're sick of them, they're pretty sick of us. They've been at home every time. (laughs) Three, three of the last four seasons or four of the last five seasons or something we've played them. Couldn't get a worse tie. Away. Why don't they regionalise <laughs> it? I don't understand the stupidity of the organisers. It should be, it should be regionalised. How is it that potentially Ipswich could end up going to Plymouth? How is that like a reasonable and fair thing for this crusty little competition that no one really cares about? Really? It's such a, it's so stupid, the people that run it, honestly. Um... Yes, at four o'clock, the club announced that defender Omar Beckles had signed a new two-year deal with the club, keeping him at the O's until the summer of 2025. Omar tweeted saying, it's a labour of love. This club and community mean so much to me, so I look forward to continuing to serve my team and town. I mean, for me, he's a great leader, a real calming influence, as you alluded to uh, earlier on. Uh, He's been in League One before, so hopefully he can help us keep a few more clean sheets. We've obviously the defensive setup that we've got with him, and we mentioned Dan Happy sign. We've already got Rod. We've already got Rob Hunt and Tom James sign. So that back four is pretty much League One, League Two's last uh, defensive unit. It's just obviously the keeper's going to be different, but that shouldn't make too much of a difference. Yeah, I mean. Like you said, I think we've highlighted the importance of Omar Beckles to this squad yeah. and this group of players more than a few times, so I don't need to do it again, but a massive influence on their pitch. Like I said earlier, there is a mistake in him, yes, but his influence and leadership on the pitch is absolutely invaluable. Happy looks like a better defender when he's next to Beckles. Yeah. Ed Turns looks like a better defender when he's next to Omar Beckles. It, they just look more settled when they're next to Omar Beckles. Massive, massive response to this one on our social media Account. We'll mention a few tweets that came into us. Nick Clark Ailes kept it short, kept it sweet by saying, Yes, yes, Omar Beckles, baby. <laughs> Shaney Wids 83 said, Great news, great player. Would have been massive to lose him. Three more to hear from now. Yeah, absolutely. And the day wasn't over yet. As an evening, Rishi Wellens was interviewed live on BBC London Sport. 
and confirmed that Lawrence Vigoru would be leaving the club. So part of his snippet of his interview that we took and posted on social media, which had a massive, massive response, said, I think it's widely known that Lawrence will go to Burnley. He's a massive loss, but he deserves it. We can't speak highly enough of Lawrence and what he's done for us last year. We didn't want to lose him. So you can tell everyone was thoroughly uh, gutted with that one. Oliver Melman started the tweets rolling in this one. There was a massive reaction to this. He said, thoroughly deserved. You don't win Supporters Player of the Year for three seasons on the spin if you're not a special player. Good luck in the Premier League, Orient legend. Yeah, Ben Ben 1980 said, I honestly hope he gets a chance and not bench warming. Penalty saver, reflex are unreal. Distribution for counter-attacks are spot on. A very smart and reliable guy. Really sad to see him poach, but time to say thank you for your services, Loz. It's been a pleasure. Andy Cadwell said, oh man, say it ain't so. Guy's quality and good luck. Yeah, Lennon 4 said, we wouldn't have won the league without Lawrence Vigoru. It's as simple as that. Forever an Orient legend, as far as I'm concerned. I hope he gets his fair shot at Burnley. He absolutely deserves it. Jaden at Christie, 180 says, gutted. Best keeper we've had in my lifetime. Irreplaceable in this team, but he's earned the opportunity and I hope he smashes it at Burnley and earns loads of money. I do reckon, though, he'll return to us one day. You never know. Essex Beers, John said, you can't begrudge him a move like that. He's earned it. And what an opportunity to work under Vincent Company. It just shows how good he really is. Good luck to you, Lawrence. I look forward to seeing what's to come for you. Massive thanks for everyone. Well, hopefully we can sit and watch him on Match of the Day. Absolutely. Alan Reeves too says, fantastic keeper. We all knew he was far too good for us, but somehow we kept hold of him. He was part of something special at the Orient. Good luck to him. Lyndon Orient. Final tweet on this one said, loved him to be here forever, but realistically... Be silly to turn down this offer. Great keeper. Deserves more than League One, if I'm honest. He will push for that number one spot. So many pluses. Why he's gone there. Wish him all the best. And hopefully see him being number one keeper there. Yeah, I mean, it's worth pointing out that at this point, his move wasn't confirmed. It's just what Richie had alluded to in his interview. So there's a bit more to follow um, on Vigoru. I do remember after we interviewed Brophy. If you remember this, we interviewed Brophy <coughs> on a Monday night. Uh, and after... He wouldn't tell us. Afterwards... We said, oh, you know, we really got, we knew that was when Vigoru was out of contract two years ago. And we yeah. said to him, oh, it's a shame to be losing you. It's a shame to be losing Viggs. And he, I think he replied saying, I don't think you're losing Viggs with like one of those thinking emojis that got us thinking, oh, maybe Viggs is going to stay. And then they announced it about 10 minutes after. It's like amazing that we got him for two years more than what we did. Obviously, True. we'll give our thoughts on Viggs uh, a bit later on in the podcast. So Friday, the 23rd of June, the club announced that Academy graduate keeper, Reese Byrne, has signed a new two-year deal with the club and that defender Harrison Soji has also signed a one-year deal with the club. So, well done, young O's. Good to see those young players pushing on. Hopefully Absolutely. get a bit of experience and, and, and kick on their careers. Yeah, that's right. The club also confirmed that a behind-closed-doors fixture has been arranged for Saturday, the 22nd of July, against the Southampton B team. Just shaking his head. Don't understand why they're doing it behind closed doors on a Saturday. Do it midweek when no bugger wants to go. Yeah. Basically, why not? Why not have a proper game that we can come to, um, on a Saturday and do these ones midweek when no one can get to them. Yeah, we will see on that. Do one. it during the day midweek sometime. Yeah, don't understand. So next day, Monday, the twenty sixth of June. It seemed early enough, but the squad reported back to the training ground for their first day of pre-season as the rumours started to fly that Paul Smith was going to sign for his old club QPR. Those rumours 
started to gather pace throughout the day. They did, and on Tuesday, the 27th of June, turned out to be a really big news day, which started off with the announcement that we all knew was uh, that we all knew was coming was that goalkeeper Lawrence Vigrou has joined Premier League side Burnley on a three-year deal following the expiration of his Orient yeah, contract. Yeah, he went out to put a lovely statement out, to be fair, where he found loads of players, uh, fellow players, people, staff, pointed out Embleton in particular, that I think yeah. Embleton needs to take a great amount of credit for, Ling brought him to the club as well, worked uh, with him at Swindon. Absolutely, can't underestimate uh, that one, and obviously went on to thank all his current coaching staff and the gaffer and Paul Terry and Simon Rice, as you'd expect, and gave a really nice heartwarming message um, to the O's fans. So really warm yeah. in there. I mean, thoughts on you that? Don't need me to say absolutely gutted to lose a keeper yeah. of that quality. We knew from the very first game that he was a different kettle of fish when he came in. Been a standout on such a different level to many other keepers we've had. No disrespect to the other keepers, but you know it's just different level. Not since Eldin, yeah, which was what almost ten years ago, right? And Eldon only played like a handful of games, really, when you look back on it. I mean, Vigo has been consistent over his three and a half years at the club. So many huge saves in so many important games. Distribution, top notch. Um, like a monumental loss to the team. Big character as well, like we've seen in terms of when he's out socially and like the celebrations and everything. Kind of, He's always in the middle. However, I thought he'd get a move, right? Like I thought he'd go up maybe to championship level. I didn't expect him to get to Premier League, so I've got to say, like, can't absolutely can't be grudging the chance of Premier League. He probably won't be first choice, but it wouldn't surprise me if he makes an like appearance in a few cup games and maybe does end up getting a shot throughout the season. You never know with keepers with through injuries or suspensions or whatever. And I hope he smashes it. I mean, there was also a great stat from Playmaker Stats on Twitter. Mm. So from the 2020-21 season onwards. No goalkeeper kept more clean sheets in the top four tiers than Lawrence Vigrou on 56 clean sheets. Followed by Edison from Man City on 50. Followed by Allison from Liverpool on 44. Vigrou kept 12 more clean sheets than the Liverpool keeper has done over the last in few that seasons. Period, yeah. That's ridiculous. But fair play to company. His scouts have obviously seen something and gone down the low leagues. Actually, this guy's worth a punt. He's 29 years old. Smashing it in the league too. We don't have to pay him 25 grand a week. It will get good money, but it won't be Premier League, 100 grand a week, 25 grand, whatever you want to talk about. Absolutely. Yeah. Your, your views on that one? Yeah, I mean, he was a huge reason as to why we were so successful last season. Clearly, he was capable of playing above League Two. No question or a doubt about that. The game-changing reflex saves that he made, the penalty saves that he made, the often quick distribution to launch a counter, as you said earlier, his quick fit, quick feet and positioning were a class above. And I wish him every success at Premier League, Burnley. I hope he's not just going to be a bench warmer there. I don't know if he'll make it as first choice Premier League, but maybe he will for some of the cup games and maybe he'll impress enough or they'll keep her getting injury. Um, who knows? I, I don't wish illness on anybody, but you know he deserves a good opportunity. He deserves the opportunity. He certainly does. Now, I know people at the club listen to this, right? Lawrence Vigarou wouldn't leave me alone for the last 20 minutes of Starman. He kept saying, I want to come on your podcast. I want to come on your podcast. It was like literally in my ear, bugging me about it. Anyone at the club listening... Message Lawrence Vigrou and tell him you're on Outlook Podcast wants him on to say a proper farewell to the fans, right? So anyone else from the club, message Lawrence and we need to get him on to give a proper or an Outlook Podcast goodbye. Lawrence wants it. Everyone deserves it. Let's do it. Let's send him off in style because that is what we all need. So Lawrence, best of luck, mate. So we've already read out a lot of tweets based on the rumour he was leaving, but once it was confirmed, we had plenty more. Johnny Eppers, good friend of the show. Thank you for your amazing 
monthly goal videos that you sent out. They were absolutely superb. Yes. They're gutted, but we knew it was coming. Best of luck. We'll miss you, but hope you smash it at Burnley. Get minutes and prove how a good player you are, let alone a top keeper. You are forever a part of O's folklore. And if you come to visit, would love to thank you in person. Wouldn't it be great if we somehow we beat Plymouth? And end up getting Burnley, right, in the um, League Cup. And imagine Vigrou start. That's the kind of game that Vigrou probably starts. That's start. what I'm saying, yeah. Imagine... You sell out Brisbane Road just for that. Just boo it. Just. <laughs> That's probably QPR, mate, to be fair, which will come on to later. But, I mean, what an occasion that would be if that ever, like, if he comes back. Yeah, it'd be lovely. He'd get a hero's welcome, you no would. question. Rob JB1974 said, we'll be welcomed back as and when he decides to pay a visit. The money offered to him now freed up, hopefully, to secure a decent replacement. Good point. That's Steve, the F1, said, thanks and good luck to Biggs. Hope he gets some game time at Turf Moor. He's way too good to sit on the bench. Hopefully, this shows other prospective signings that a spell Brisbane Road can benefit your career. That's a great Amen. point. Amen to that. Orient Fan TV said, one of the downfalls of being a successful club your best players attract interest from other clubs higher up, and if there is no higher than the pre- and there is no higher than the Premier League. Thanks for the memories, Lawrence. You'll smash it at Burnley. Good luck for the future. Might even see your match of the day. Absolutely, hope so, mate. Boatsy said, "I am for one gutted to lose Vigrou, but really delighted and pleased for him and his family to have an opportunity to play for a Premier League club in Burnley." And I trust Richie Wellens and Lingy to replace Viggs with another top keeper. Yeah, Lim Wells 81 said, it's been an absolute pleasure to watch you play. We shall miss you so much, but seize the day. Good luck to you always. Yeah, Books Red said, as an Orient fan, sad. But as a Vigaru fan, chuffed. Spot nice on it. Sweet. Yeah, Andy underscore Homer ends this by saying, for the last two years, waving to Lawrence has been an important part of our pre-match routine. He always waved back. Sorry to see him go, but delighted he got such a big move. Yeah, absolutely. So Lawrence Vigrou departs Orient. And if that wasn't bad enough, on that day, I think it was announced like two o'clock. Yeah, terrible afternoon. It was a good reveal by Bernie, though. They put him on that in-betweeners bus. Yeah. That was a good reveal. Perfect for Vigrou. So if we weren't getting over that, then at 5pm, another piece of news was announced that we'd been dreading. So the news came that Paul Smith had gone, rejoined QPR on a three-year deal following his contract expiry at the O's. So Paul put out a farewell message on Twitter, not as detailed, I think, as Vigorous, um, but I think off the back of a quote that came out via the QPR website where he said it felt like he'd been on loan over the last two years. It obviously caused a massive fallout from some Orient fans, I think it's probably... I don't know why. ...fair to say. I mean, as a starting point... I was gutted about this when the news broke, right? Yeah. So for me, another huge loss. Pivotal player in our championship winning season. Not only like in his goal, I mean, he's got some ridiculous goals like the Salford goal, the Sutton goal, the Doncaster goal. Like, Doncaster, yeah, absolutely. So many goals out of nothing as well. Like he also got assists at vital times. So I went back and watched some of the um, videos that Johnny made for us. And you can see like Swindon away, for example, his run leads to sorry he scored the goal sorry at Swindon away but he gets assisted the time like Colchester away when we go one up he's like bombing it down the right crosses it in and then they score and only got like he's so many he's so pivotal to mm. so many goals and not just by assists or scoring it's off the ball what he's doing as well where players are watching him which gets space for somebody else mm-hmm. to take the space he would be a massive miss for me but again personally I can't begrudge him the chance but I am disappointed to lose him Although I do understand why he's gone. And also, I think the Gareth Ainsworth factor mm-hmm. is, is massive. Yeah. Ex-manager there, obviously knows Paul better than what 
another manager would do. Mm-hmm. Paul obviously trusts him. So he goes back to QPR. I also think it's quite important to say that I think that quote might not have come as cross as, as bad on a podcast or a video interview than what it done on a printed piece of paper. Yeah. I think the context wasn't printed correctly off the back of the QPR media department. Yeah. Not to make excuses yeah. for Paul. No, um, I think you're right. I think people have mis- misinterpreted that quite badly. Yeah. I, I think he's like, it feels like I've not been away at all. It feels like I've just been on loan somewhere. It's not a disrespect to be on loan somewhere. Do you know what I mean? He's like, literally, he's been away no time at all. Players don't usually go back to clubs after a couple of years. It's usually a lot longer than that. And he's just gone back after two years. It feels like a loan. Yeah. I get that. That's, that's no grief for me. I personally didn't find it offensive. I think that's... Unfortunately, I do think that has tarnished his legacy at Orient. I not for me, it has. Not it. for me, as well. Because of what he delivered for but us. But I think that has tarnished and left a bitter taste in some people's mouths. But look, he was our best mate, right? So we've got to lose him. We lost Embleton the third out ages ago. We've lost Smithy. I don't know what's going to happen now. We haven't got a third we out need a new one. Who I don't, because it's, cur- it's cursed. It's cursed. No third outlooker. No Bessie mate. We're just going to be loners. South Stand chum. Yeah, just me us. And you. Just me and you. <laughs> what are your, what are your well, thoughts? Well, I had hoped that he would stay given the way that we helped him develop, the way that we helped manage his injuries because he is quite injury prone. We lost him for the most yeah. of the first season with us. Um, but Richie Wellens helped to improve him by his own admission, by Richie's admission as well. And and he's a great, great player. Game-changing player when he's fit. Just like you said, if it's not about what he's doing with the ball it's what he's doing mm. off the ball because they put two men on him which frees up at least one other player to be somewhere else and to open up that space for a Moncur or a, a Brown or a Clay or a uh, a Saturiu to, to not be so heavily marked or guarded um, but you know I hear he's joined QPR for less money than what we offered him now I think it says a lot that you know, there's rumours that QPR financially being a, a lot more prudent a lot more frugal with this you know, they're not just Tony Fernandez is just chucking big contracts at players mm. anymore. They're getting rid of a load of players that are probably on a higher wage, bringing in players that Gareth Ainsworth can develop and basically do what Rich is doing with us and bringing in players that have got a point to prove and Paul's got a point to prove. Unfortunately, it seems like he's got himself injured in the first week or first two weeks of pre-season. Um, it, it, it would appear, but... Um, I had hoped that he would and I understand him joining a club in the championship regardless of who it is he wants to play in the Euros next year for Northern Ireland very good point actually his his manager there I understand has told told him him. that you need to be playing as high up the pyramid as regularly as possible for me to even consider you he's not going to yes he'd be a starter for for Leighton Orient but if he can be a starter for QPR which if he's fit and they're having this cutbacks and there's every chance a player like him who had a who's come out of a promotion winning side from a a pro league club you know in league 2 there's no reason why he wouldn't be under Gareth Ainsworth's stewardship that that player so yeah. he needs to be playing higher up he's playing in the championship he wants to play internationally it's closer to where he lives. He lives in Windsor, so he's only got to come to West London. He hasn't got to come all the way around. So, yeah, all right, there's clubs more local to where he lives, but this, this, there's a lot that makes sense. And maybe it's not a money move for him. You've got to take us also, you've got to take the emotional element out of it. It's As, his being, job. He's not an Orient fan, right? And none of these players are Orient fans. Correct. So you have to take the emotional element of being a supporter out of it. I think that's probably what the podcast has done to me in even past years where we've looked at it and gone, oh, why is this player left? I've gone, yeah. None of them support Orient. None of them have grown up in Orient shirts dreaming of the day they walked the hallowed turf of Brisbane Road. So he looks at it by going, 
who would I rather start for? And don't forget, he's a big fish at Leighton Orient in a small, relatively small pond going to QPR. And Ainsworth hasn't said to him, oh, you might be a squad player. Ainsworth's obviously sold him a dream of, you're going to yeah. start for me, you're going to be one of my main men. Yeah. You're going to be an attacking threat. And if we have a good season, then Premier Clubs will look at you and you'll get an international call-up. So, or bigger championship clubs that will offer him absolutely. a bigger contract. So it's massively gone. Absolutely. So. And you know, as much as we've helped him, he's helped us. For the reasons that you mentioned, all right, he might have only scored 10 goals, but the assists or the, the space he creates for others to score or, or help yeah. us see out, you know, so yes, we've helped him. Yes, we've given him that platform to now move to a championship club. There's only one league above us, in fairness, but he helped us. He got us that promotion as champions. You know, it, it, it works both ways. We owe him nothing. He owes us Nothing really. It would have just been nice to have seen him stay on and, and help us push yeah, on uh, in, in League One. But like like it's been said before, no player is bigger than the club and he's not irreplaceable. And Joe, you know it must be as gutting as it is for people like Ling and Steve Foster. It must be amazing to go, we signed you and now one of you's gone to a Premier League club and the other one's gone up to a championship. Right. Like, great at Orient, so again, it's another yeah. good perspective advantage over some other clubs where you've got players looking down, like your Idris is going... Well, Orient, if Smithy's gone to QPR, Viggs has gone to Burnley, I know if I have a good season, there's a good chance Correct. of getting moved up. Whereas yeah. if you go to another club where you might not be in a team where it's so successful Correct. or the mood is as good within the squad and you have an average the season. Room is not as good. Yeah, absolutely. There's in there, there's, there's selfish people in there. And that's what, like, we'll come on to it, but that's what Idris said in his in his interview. We, absolutely. We're not going to play the interview, but he said, like, he had offers to go elsewhere. And wanted to come back to Rumoured Derby and Charlton, which arguably would probably pay yeah. him money, bigger money. So there were other clubs that he could have gone to, but the majority of the dressing room, like 89... 80 or 90% of the dressing room is literally still there yeah. with a few sprinkling of new yeah. people. The staff, the backroom staff, the management, the club's still the same. It's like he's not been away. Absolutely. As you would imagine, huge, huge response to this one. Let's start with Joe Pavitt, 0-0. said, sod him. Had a few good months, done nothing the back half of the season and left the moment he had the option. I Heart Rushmore said, great player, would love to see him perform at high levels, but felt this season he was managed to perfection for fitness by Orient. Maybe just my perception of it. So I wonder whether Paul can stay fit and uh, when not the star of the team. Yeah, Stewie Brown said, no class. Loved him as a player, but to put out a statement saying, it generally feels like I've been out alone for two years. Angry and Angry yeah, yeah, I don't see it that way, but that's fine that you do. Dirk Turk said, of course it's gotten to lose Smith, Viggs and Elmiz. Anyone not wishing them well is done. We've lost our three best players, so now a massive job is on to replace them. Plus, factoring the jump up a level, interesting few weeks ahead. TXT Rev, so maybe we should start thinking again before we sign injury-prone players, nurse them through the season to be stabbed in the back at the end. I'm afraid he doesn't get my best wishes. Well, that's a shame because he's the guy that helped us get promotion. David Dawson, 95, said, class player on his day. Hopefully he stays injury-free. It'd be interesting to see if he can glide past fullbacks in the championship as easy as he did for us in League Two. Yeah, Stroud, also a good point. Very good point. Stroud Green O said, the petty reactions are a bit uncalled for, in my yeah. opinion. Players should just be judged on what they put in on the pitch. And Smith won us so many points with his moments of magic. Can't be grudging for moving to a bigger club higher level and not having to uproot his family. Yes, exactly right. Steve Latter said, in my personal view, Paul Smith made Leighton Orient an extremely exciting team to watch. I was skipping a few heartbeats with his, with his skills and the euphoria to follow with 10 outstanding goals he scored for us. He deserves to play at the highest level possible. 
Good luck to him. Yeah, I agree with that one. Nice one. A new Twitter handle again on me, Mr. Russ Mill. So best of luck, Paul. You may need it in the chat. You may need it as I can't see championship defenders sling themselves or jumping in quite so quickly. MS Aurea said, players come, players go. Once the club uh, comes into their heads, they're... Once the club comes in, their heads are turned. They don't play football for anyone but themselves. They want to achieve the most out of their careers as it's a short one. I remember remember they're all replaceable. Richie Wellens is the man to do this. Yeah, very wise there from Mr. Mark. Fairway Wanderer, so it generally feels like I've been out on loan for two years. How disrespectful was that? I guess he won't get injured sat on the <laughs> but then let's move on at six o'clock the club did announce some welcome news by confirming that defender Dan Happy has signed a new contract which will keep him at the O's until at least the summer of 2024 with the option of a further year Dan said I'd stay I'd say last season was my best footballing season for the club I was unfortunate to pick up another injury but I'm happy to have signed this extension now and to be staying with the club it was nice to get some minutes at the end of the season I want to say thanks to the gaffer for that one I'm back fully fit now and I want to prove that I can play well and stay fully fit for the whole season I feel like people could doubt me now because of could doubt me now because of my injuries but I want to prove that is not the case absolutely so for me I feel like Welcome news after that day, uh, after what we had seen during the day. Great defender. I mean, up to his injury last season, Happy was having an absolutely <laughs> immense season. He's Not only his defending, but his ball distribution was like different level. Yeah. The way he literally pinned it cross-field onto the feet of Archibald, onto Smith. He literally starts from defence to attack by passing midfield. So, really happy with that one. Yeah. Slightly concerned that the length of contract, the way it was explained, was a bit odd. I don't know if Happy's people have put that in or the club have put it in because obviously he's had two fairly big injuries over the past two seasons so mm-hmm. initial one year I think it said with an option of another year so I don't know whether that's the club covering their backs or a happy team going we'll give you a year however if he has another good year then we are going to be looking up yeah. so it's a good point that was mate. one I couldn't quite get my head around but look mm-hmm. we've got him however we've got him we've got him if he has a good season then Orin will ultimately have a good season and we'll see what happens from there Yeah. Um, but look like I said Beckles happy Good centre-back pairing for me. Yeah. You've also got Adam Thompson. You've got Turns, who's rumoured to be maybe coming back. Good competition for places. Happy, definitely at start for me, if fit and available, based on that happy that we saw last season. Yeah, I agree with you. In my mind, it was nailed on that he'd stay, and I'm delighted that he is. He's a great person, cultured left foot, who has immense potential. With him now signing, it means our back four from last year is still here with us, which is a positive. And yeah, I think Dan's a, Dan's a really good lad as well. So. Yeah, and he's still fairly young as well, because he's been around for so long, for so long, you kind of get how young he still is. Like yeah. In footballing terms, with a centre-back, he's still very young. Plays loads of games for the age that he is. Absolutely. So yeah, absolutely. We wish Dan all the best for this season coming. So Thursday, the 29th of June, the club have made a massive announcement of intent as they announced had held off tough competition to complete the signing, and I hope we're saying as well, of Dan Ajayi, who joins us on a two-year contract after his contract expired at Crew. Now, I heard Luke call him Aggie. I don't think is right. I've heard Richie Wellens called him Aggie, that I don't think is right. We don't know how to say it. Hopefully, we don't have another Kent Tiagu <laughs> issue. So, Dan, welcome to the O's. He's 26 years old, plays as a striker, although he was used in a variety of positions at Cruz, 16 goals, so six more than Smith, if you're looking at it from that yeah. potential. Five assists last year for Cruz, so slightly less than what Smith got, but played differently slightly. But 
very interestingly, had the most amount of dribbles in League 2 last year, 73, which is eight more than Paul Smith. His goal rule was quite interesting because his goals all over the place. There's some headers, there's some tappings, there's some long ranges. Very in and out. It looks like a very mm. exciting player. When we played them, um, he was really dangerous because obviously we played them at the back end of last season. Mm-hmm. And he looked like he was ripping Tom James, I think, in particular, like a new one at the back. I think we commented in our post-match, like Tom James struggled a little bit with him. Um, but yeah. Yeah, and I think Richie said when Paul when it was announced that Paul Smith was leaving that he'll he's like he can be replaced. Absolutely, and that's this is who he's replaced him with. Absolutely, yeah. So Dan, twenty six year old, like we said, like went on to say, I'm the one that likes to dribble with the ball, beat players, create chances. The fans are in for someone that work hard, but also be a live wire on the pitch. I like the way Orient played, and the attackers had a lot of freedom. So coming here felt like a great fit. Richie said of all the opposition last year, he was probably the standout player. And with a really good return in terms of 16 goals at Crew, he scores all different types of goals using pace, power, a good left foot and scores headers. At 26 years old, he's at a good age and we think he can kick on. Yeah. Quality so, signing by the looks of it on paper and on the pitch. Like we've seen him firsthand up close and personal. He's, you know, someone that's going to get you out of your seat. Uh, just like Paul Smith did for us. For me, in my mind, that is a light-for-light replacement. Scores a decent amount of goals, gets a you know, good amount of assists, and let's see how good he gets on in a Richie Welland setup. For Absolutely. me, I'm very excited by this. Good age. Good age. Very good, good age. Experience. Prime. Ready. Prime. Ready. It's not like some kid who's like 19, no experience, yeah. comes in to replace him. If you've got a good player, like we said, excited us last season when we watched him at our place. Good goals. 26 years old. This is like his chance now. He's not going to get at 26 years old, two-year deal, chance to really kick on, be exciting. Yeah, yeah looking forward to watching him. Then the day, and the news wasn't over, at 7pm, the club announced second signing of the day with the news that central midfielder for Northern Ireland International, even Galbraith, <laughs> signed a two-year deal with the club following his departure from none other than Manchester United. Yeah, Ethan said, from playing against Leighton Orient last season, I think he was on loan at Salford, Salford. City, I got a good feel for the side here and the style of football. Richie was a big factor. I know how he likes to play and how he wants to get the best out of his players. So it was a great fit. Yeah, I mean, I didn't. This one wasn't wasn't rumored. I hadn't seen this rumored anywhere. They just dropped the announcement. Yeah, which is great. Uh, But I like it a lot. Yeah, like young player played under Richie Doncaster, known as well. So Richie knows him, knows the personality, knows the player as well that he's getting. Spent most of the season at Salford. Who had a pretty decent enough season. Last season, for the most part, I think they made the. Did Salford made the, Yeah, Salford made the playoffs, playoffs didn't they? Yeah. So he obviously had experience. He pretty much an ever present in that Salford team. Got a decent amount of goals. Like his goal looked like okay for what it was. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, fair play to Ethan, uh, for doing it. Happy with this one. Good squad player. Yeah. Like we said, good competition for players. Technically, looks great. Richie spoke really highly of him. Bring it on. Lovely stuff. Yeah, very off the radar with this one, but makes sense because Richie knows the player that he's getting. Played a lot for Salford last year, so he's not really been he's not been yeah. packed out of a 23 side. Fair play to Ethan for his move away from probably family, being in the Manchester United family and you know, being in that kind of elite setup to then come away and be in a League One side that's you know, not the most, you know, the trading ground's not the best, and but the stadium's lovely and, and, and the manager that he'll be playing under. I just look forward to seeing what he can do in a Richie Welland setup, really. I've, I'm quite excited by this. It's another player. Well, I, my presumption is like Adji and like Idris, 
unlike Galbraith, where we've beaten bigger clubs to his signature. Because mm. I think it was reported that he had bigger clubs sniffing around him. So again, great sign of intent. Yeah. So well done to Martin and Richie for sorting that one. A few tweets on this one. Richard 6717 said, Ethan Galbraith going to be world-class. Just look at some of the goals he scored. Yeah, Sean Galway, 86, said he's the perfect signing for the way Richie likes us to play. Absolutely. So let's go on to Friday the 30th of June. Pre-season really starting to kick up ahead of steam as the club announced left-back Jaden Sweeney. I'm gonna try, oh, I was going to try to sing that song, but I can't even remember no, who it goes. Signed, I don't think that song's real. Has signed a new <laughs> two-year contract at the club. Yeah, Jaden said, I knew from the last game of the season that my future was going to be here. My heart has always been at the club and there was no debate about staying. There were a few contractual things that were above me. I'm over the moon to be back in and training, which has been tough as it always is in pre-season, but we've all embraced it. Yeah, absolutely. So look, I think we spoke about Sweeney in the last season. Met him at the star man, but we just spoke about. Had a great chat with him. Great chat. Great, so much time. Great head on young shoulders. He is like Orient through and through, right? So yeah. him as a what twelve year old like in his orient tracks with top yeah. walking around the ground. Fantastic last season. Also Rob Hunt, Tom James, we've got three very competitive fullbacks that already, I think, in my eyes, to play at League One level. I think Swinney was exceptional last season. Plus Jordan Brown as well, we can play there. It means I think we've got good competition for places there. Best of luck to him. Bring it on, yeah. Well done, Jaden Sweeney. Yeah, absolutely. Delighted for me as well. Uh, like you said at the star man, he said he wanted to stay. He looked very comfortable and confident when he was playing last season and dangerous because he likes to get forward. He's really athletic and I really like that in a player. Hope he gets his chance next season. The contract has to be right for him, uh, obviously, as he alludes to. Uh, so glad to get that one sorted. Yeah, a few tweets come in when Jaden announced his signing of the deal. Chosen for one, said I love it. Sweeney has been excellent young talent. So much potential and excited to see him staying around. Yeah, um, Ian Jacko, 77613 said, what a team we're going to be. Rich Dan M said, buzzing for this one. Won't get a big headline like some new players, but feels yeah. like a big signing. Good point. Great man. shout. Phil VZ1 said, this is really good news. Really important that our best young players stay with us on the journey. I'm getting increasingly optimistic for next season and beyond. Davy Bear said, to us fans, and I'm over 70 now, it's really something special to see these youngsters break through to play in our first team. Can't fully verbalise it, but I'm full of pride in seeing Dan, Dan Happy, Ruel, and Sweens make the grade. That's good. That's a good point, actually. There's some like good crop of youngsters together who have kind of made the grade and rising up. Obviously, which bears fruit. Yeah, on like the Obieros the and Sodges and that type are also you know doing that as well. We just need to get them some more uh, game time. Monday the 3rd of July as we're moving into the month that we're currently in then another departure was confirmed as head of media Luke Lambourne announced that he is going to be leaving the club. We just want to take this moment just to say thanks for everything you've done for our club Luke. Um, you know, During the lockdown uh, there was a lot of great content that you put out arranged that um, FIFA tournament, FIFA tournament Unreal, that, got, that got like clubs the, some of the all biggest all clubs all in the Europe world and, and, and the wider world and some of the tweets that you've done been absolutely quality that, that mark that uh, one mark, what's his face the west the man you guy when he said like ratioed they got into that dispute and the guy came back and went ratioed and and luke went you're a grown man amazing 
Fantastic. Um, I did that to, until that point, I had no idea about that terminology. Yeah, yeah. To show yeah. how old I am, I had no <laughs> idea what that even meant. I had to Google what ratioed meant. So no, but but it handled it absolutely superbly, and some of the video content and some of the announcements and just some of the content's just been spot on. So thank you, and good luck to you and your family uh, for the future. It's, it's I don't know if I'm breaking uh, no. confidence here by saying you know good luck with the baby that's coming later this year. So. Um, yeah, no, it's it's great, great news for him. Yeah, wish you all the best for the future. Always be welcome at the Edge, like Paul said. Some amazing content, and thanks for your help in getting us some amazing interviews for the podcast. Also on Monday, third July, no surprises. The club confirmed that we'd be playing a Caribou Cup fixture away on a Tuesday night, eighth of August, with a seven forty-five kickoff. Yeah. All on that all nighter to Plymouth. <laughs> Again, that could be a seven o'clock kickoff, Easily. just to allow people to get maybe try and catch the last train home. Tuesday, the fourth of July. Then happy the fourth of July to all our listeners in the US. Yes. Yeah, also on the day, the dates for the clubs EFL Trophy Group games were confirmed as follows. These ones all do kick off seven pm. In case anyone's interested in going, Tuesday the fifth of September, Gillingham away. Personally. I'm not really bothered about this, but I'm not ready to go back to Gillingham away. That Gillingham away night was so great to go back for an EFL trophy. It's just being an massive absolute downer. Anti-climax. Not doing it. Tuesday 19th of September, we play Fulham under-21s at home. And Tuesday 7th of November, our last group game is at home to Portsmouth. It's quite spread out, actually. Yeah. Literally two in September, one in November. We'll see where we get through. I imagine Richard uses this as a squad run out and we'll see what happens. And if we get through, we get through. And if we don't, we don't. Wednesday yeah. the 5th of July at 9 o'clock, the club launched the new 23-24 kits to, I think it's fair to say, a bit of a mixed reception, mostly negative from what I read. So the home is red. With a bit of white sprinkled on the top. With the white and the nod to the 92-93 kind of season with the black and, and the white. Uh, the away one is the white and gold and then the third one is blue. Absolutely. I always love Kit Reveal Day because they announce it's coming and then we obviously do the tweets to get ready for it and everyone goes, oh, I love the Croatia kit, I love the braces kit, I love the independent transport kit, I love the heat kit. And you get all excited about what it can be and it feels like a real kind of big day like yeah. in the morning I was excited about it it's one of the most exciting days of pre-season for me to see what the new kits are going to look like it is it's a shame we don't get uh, leaked photos of it anymore so we can launch it like we did back in the day <laughs> back in the day so at the same time new sponsor was seen for the first time so East Dill Secured are our front shirt sponsors they can sponsor all three this year they are a New York based global real estate investment bank and they have signed a three-year deal as our front of shirt sponsors. Mr. Levy, your views on them? Yeah, I like all three of them. Um, and looking at social media, I think I'm in a bit of a minority, to be honest with you. I like um, the influence and the nod to the 91 to 93 buck to kits that we had. Um, I think £52 is a bit steep, um, so I'm not sure I'll be buying one. I understand that Premier League ones are 80, 90, 100 quid. Completely on board with that. I just don't think I want to be spending 52 quid as much as I want to support the club uh, I just think I just think it's a bit steep but I wonder whether um, we would use this new sponsor services maybe to help fund a new training ground uh, or stadium improvements at the club because that's what they do they're a, a real estate uh, a investment uh, business um, but getting back to the kits yeah my favourite one is the home one second is the white one and third is the blue one Oh, that surprises me because I you you love a blue kit. I do love you a blue love kit. a blue kit. I'm amazed that's the least favourite. Yeah, ones. but I like because I like the white across the chest on the red one. Yeah, um, I quite like that. The blue one is just like all the others have been in that it's blue with like a a pattern kind of in the background of it. 
like last season's home kit, for example. So for me, it's not really different, but the white and the red are quite different and I quite like it. Okay, Mr. Levy, for me, they're right. Anyone who's listened to this podcast over the last couple of years knows my problem with a V-neck football shirt. So I'm not going to be that boring guy who moans about necks on a shirt, although V-necks look rubbish on football shirts. Um, I like the red one, to be fair. I need to see it in person to know if I like it that much to buy it. I like the nod to the independent transport um, era. I also really like the blue one, but the V-neck ruins it for me, so I'm not even going to consider that. 51.99. again, I think that's fairly expensive, but in the concept of a football shirt it's and the amount of time that people be. wear it, yeah, probably what it needs to be, although I guess the markup on that is going to be like a couple hundred percent margin. Although I will say the, tra- the training gear that... Richie is wearing and that Sweeney is wearing that stuff looks mint yeah I haven't seen prices on that yet Thirty-two ninety-nine. I don't know whether whether that's on the website yet but some of that stuff that's gone up like Pratty that that stuff looks that looks like a massive improvement on last season's game yeah so that looks really good Um, interesting to see if we play a team in all white if we have to wear the third kit so obviously if don't I don't opt, know if there's many Oxford, teams who play all white, but if they did, could you not wear the red because of the white strip there? But that's me being pedantic. That's I will say, though, a great advertising campaign, sending them to, like... Round uh, Leighton. Round Leighton, Coronation Guardians, Royal Calf being featured, coaching all, like, horses. Like, that's ingenious Burbeck, yeah. to do that. Very well played, whoever's idea that was. Like getting all the players involved and the female player involved as well. Really good. I need to see the shirts in person to know okay. if I like it or not. However... You'll buy one. The kit. Stop mucking around. I always buy it. Stop teasing. But look, it always proven different, right? It's like a going to see your favourite artist in the kick. You're never going to get everyone to go, I like this kit because it's almost impossible. Lots of opinions, as you would expect, on the kit. Lewis Fear underscore said, The home at first look, I wasn't a fan, but it's already grown on me. Love the white and gold, it's class, and the blue is decent too. Very solid kits. I will say, when I first saw last season's home kit, I hated it. But as the season grew on me, I really liked it, and then you couldn't buy one for love or money, like from like November. So like, I guess I'd say to Don't the club, about and just get one. I'd say to the club though, make sure you print enough, right? Because you've always got like a massive overstock of XL, XL, whatever, and you always sell out a small medium. Just print a few more, like hundred, and then take a hit. If you put them down to thirty quid, you will still make a massive margin on it. Don't worry about it. Like, <laughs> just get a few more. It's fine. Ran over. Sorry. It's fine. You feel better now. I just know the way t-shirt margins work and know the margins on those must be absolutely through the roof. So if you sold them for 40 or 30 at a discounted rate, if you were stuck with a few more, you'd still make enough I buy money. one at 40 quid. Mr. I buy one, 30, 40 quid, I buy it, no question. Levy's price, Mr. Devlin, to you is 30 or 40 quid. DM us. We'll I'm not making it, up. this is not eBay. I'm not making counter offers. <laughs> but at 40 quid, yeah. Fine, yeah. That's yeah. fine. It's pushing it over the 50, I just think is just... Let me ask you a question quickly. Your son's a massive Orient fan. Yes. You buy your kid a yes. Orient kit. You are going to buy your kid a yes. Orient kit. Job done, isn't it? Yeah. They've got your money, it's job yeah. done. Yeah. Yeah. And I might even buy the trading top. It's exactly. 32 quid. Job so, done. yeah, but I'm not doing 52 quid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'll get Theo one because I think it's smart and I think it'll look good. And he'll wear it every week to go football training. Yeah. So he'll get more use out of it than I will, for example. But that's not the point. Jagsy1979 <laughs> said, the home feels a bit like a nod to the old Buckter kit with independent transport on it uh, with the black bits at the top. But my initial reaction was, Oh no, but then it was like, actually, it's all right. Not sure about the white away shirt, but that third kit is lovely. I was really excited about the white and gold. I, I, it doesn't quite work for me. I'm not quite sure. I can't quite put my finger on it. Dave M1812 disagrees with me. says, I quite like the away kit. Third kit, not bad. Home kit, absolute rubbish. 
Um, Michael Orient 81 said all three look like bangers the home ones are a real winner for me Michael you messaged me about that go and get that go and buy that mate I haven't seen you in an orange shirt I think you'd look handsome as hell in it go and buy it mate David Carroll 1 said I really like the blue and white ones not so keen on it's really interesting reading these tweets because there's such a different variation on them doesn't like the home one but likes the blue and white one David yeah statboy underscore Steven said I like they're trying something new freshen it up it has a nice 80s vibe to it with those black lines at the top that's right it's something different it it's is. not like what we always get like a plain template yeah it is I like it really good good point Magnus Spugner I really like him nicely a bit more design which isn't going to please yes. everyone but personally really like them this year and we'll be investing. El Hangel said the red and blue ones are fine. The white one has unfortunately been let down because the badge is compromised. Is that because something's over there? I don't know. I, I, I haven't looked at the badge in close enough detail on the white one. John P. Leach, the bottom half of the home kit is decent. Top half is a complete mess. Blue kit is basic Puma football training shirt with a badge stuck on it. White kit is the best of a badge bunch. Can't see the club shop being rushed off its feet with this selection. <laughs> Let me tell you, John, I've been on that club shop. Uh, on a kit launch day on the first game of the season. It's bloody horrible, mate. That kit, that shot will be absolutely rammed to its rafters. Big hamster. I said, like him a lot. Glad Puma have given the club shirt. That nod to the club's past. Very pleased. Another new Twitter handle for me, Big Hamster. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome. Richie J. Bourne said, probably the first time I've ever really seen an O's home shirt and thought, I don't like it. The white part looks like it's had Tipex over the top of it. Tipex, for those that are of a generation that never used it, is just a correction thing for when we used to use pens to write with. <laughs> um, at the top, going into the red and black. Would I buy it? I'm not sure. It's the O's. Of course I will. Yeah, of course he will. Uh, so that was Tease. the kisses. And then... At 6.20, as I was on the central line home, as many people were eating their dinners, as people were doing whatever they were doing, out of the blue, this one, the club sent social media into a frenzy. Almost broke Twitter again, like Elon Musk done a few days before. <laughs> they put out a video clip tease about a news art signing. Lots of you correctly guessing it immediately before the club confirmed shortly after that we had signed Idris El Mazzouni on another season-long loan from Ipswich Town. For me, I cannot believe they got Idris back. I was so pleasantly surprised. I watched the video and didn't even think that was Idris. I literally was like, the oh, it's a video, video. It's, it's a player. And then literally like, thought, oh, I wonder who it might be. Thinking it might be Harry McCurdy. Like, because it was like a bit of a blurred out face and I was half watching it, if you see what I mean. Like it was on, yeah, I was yeah. on the central line, like, literally not paying much attention. And I started scrolling down and people going, OMG, he's back. And people going, it's El Miz. And I watched it again and I was like, oh my God, it is El Miz. <laughs> I, li I literally could not believe, I, amazingly, kudos to everyone who's done it. I mean, that is a sign of intent, right? The guy who's being linked with Derby, Charlton and Wickham and he's come to Orient, which for me is the lowest common denominator out of those three clubs that we've mentioned in terms of size, in my eyes anyway. So you think Wickham are a bigger club than us? Yes, in, given the context they were in the championship two years ago yeah so I was uh, amazed to see that I think from Martin downwards to Ritchie and the whole kind of um, mm. way the club is run that's a testament to everyone at the club to, to get him back so delighted yeah. with that you? yeah uh, one of the signings of the transfer window for me mm. to get him back I think that was pretty essential for us to be successful next, se next season was to have him 
back in the side. So absolutely delighted. Linked with big clubs, like you say, turn them down in favour of us. And our midfield, for me, looks like the best in this league. Great signing. Couldn't be more delighted. Absolutely. He just said, I trust the gaffer and he trusts me. He's a big part of why I came back here. The success we had last season makes us more hungry this year. We want to play higher again. And again, we can't wait for a season in League One, which will be harder with bigger teams and bigger crowds. But there'll be more teams trying to play football, which is when I think we played best last season. I'm inclined to agree. B. Jofford said, open Twitter to show my daughter the new kit and we're hit with this. Amazing news. Absolutely over the moon. Mark Ross, 636 said, this is the best news so far. A couple of forwards now and we can really have a go. And this does soften the blow of losing Smith, that's for sure. Idris was the catalyst for us last year. Casey Adams, LOFC, said, Martin Ning, Richie Wellens and the rest of the board have done a great job so far this summer. Yeah, couldn't agree with you more there. LDP King said, wow, amazing news and great work by everyone at the club, including our transfer king, Martin Ling. <laughs> Massive sign of intent from our club that is back in League One. Lee Gibbs One said, have we ever had a player on loan that is loved by the fans as much as Idris? What a signing. Yeah, quite a few comments saying Theo. Theo. There's a lot of names mentioned there, yeah. but in terms of recently... From last season, <clears throat> absolutely not. Orient Boy said so. Lots of mixed reactions to the kit launch, but if it's good enough for Elmis to wear, then it's good enough for all of us. What a signing! So, to all the doubters, whatever the first few weeks of the season bring as we find our feet, stay off Lingy's back. Yeah, Ian Hutchinson 08 said, Great signing, what a player. The squad's coming together and looking very strong. Credit to Martin Ling and the transfer committee for the signing so far. We just need a goalkeeper now. Come on, Lingy, don't let us down at the final hurdle. And a no <coughs> Twitter handle again, Theo the Wyvern said, Massive competition in the middle of the park. Mm. We now have six quality midfielders to choose from. Amazing. And this one again wasn't even rumoured to be happening. I love the way, it's nice like, sometimes you hear rumours and they come off and you go, well, knew that was happening, kind of had a heads up on that. The Elmis, there was no rumours during the day. There was nothing on socials about no, it. it's kept a bit And the way they day. dropped it, I love it when that happens. Brilliant, love yeah. it. So let's move on then. Thursday the 6th of July, late in the day and taking the fan base by surprise, the club announced another signing. This time it was in the form of goalkeeper Sam Howes who joined us on loan, sorry, who joined us from Wildstone on a permanent transfer from where he'd been voted player of the season last season in the National League. Yeah, Richie said Sam will come in and compliment Reese Byrne and another goalkeeper who we can't announce yet. Sam has a great background in his career coming for at West Ham and he dropped out of the professional game to get competitive experience and has had a really good season with Wolverton last year. Royce, it's been really impressive in the meetings and in training today. He's a confident lad and will bring great characteristics into our group. Yeah, I mean, for me, like, I don't know anything about him. I'll assume he'll be number two for whoever does come in at number one. Apparently, we paid a five-figure fee for him. So, you know, decent. You know, like Richie said, he's, he's dropped a... Dropped the league, uh, he's dropped out of the game and gone into the national league and and um, tried to get you know game time. He says this in his, um, in his in one of his interviews. So yeah, good good for him and he's earned a move to a League One club. Fair yeah, play to him. Absolutely, well done. Yeah, for me, give him a chance. Hope he does well. Decent age, so again, not a young keeper, yeah. twenty five years old. Decent experience. Their fans and gutted to lose him. Yeah, makes sense. Spoke well in his in his interview. Yeah, that's available on YouTube. Seems like he's got a good head on his shoulders. Yeah, absolutely. And Simon Royce like found him, rates him highly. Yeah, brilliant absolutely. stuff. Orient fan underscore eighteen eighty one. Uh, sorry, one eight eight one said a sensible choice for someone who will start off as a number two. However, as a young goalkeeper, he has a chance to fight for the number one spot. Absolutely does. I guess we will see who comes in in the number one spot. So again, 
going back to that quote from Richie, he does say we have got another goalkeeper who we can't announce yet. Lots yeah. of kind of people uh, speculating about it. I guess yeah, it's been a say. couple of Twitter accounts saying Solbrim. So I mean, a big big Middlesbrough account with about nineteen thousand followers look like they're on the pulse of it. I've said they understand Solbrim is yeah. done to Orient. It's been a few more off the back of that. I think. Again, Sol Brin was at Swindon last season. A few tweets about Brin that floating around saying he was excellent at Swindon mm, last mm. season. So we'll see what happens with that one. Obviously, we'll keep you posted with that on our social media channels. And later on in the evening of Thursday, Richie Wellens took to the club's YouTube channel. He provided an update on the squad. So Adam Thompson, six to seven weeks away. He's carrying an injury six to seven weeks away minimum. So minimum. Adam Thompson ain't going to get a pre-season. No pre-season. It'll be a tough season for Adam Thompson, I think. Yeah, I'd imagine so. Also, went on to say Dan Happy will join up with the uh, squad later following his recovery from an injury. That one doesn't seem too bad. I think it's a Tuesday, like he'll be up yeah. training properly. So, Happy should yeah, he be joined up late. So yeah. He's in, in the training, but he just joined them late, a bit later than. Absolutely. And we're also telling you, had an operation on his nose and has been training with a mask. I think they've clapped out a photo of him with a mask yeah, a, couple, like like a week ago. Didn't so, yeah. no surprise with that one there. So happy uh, happy twenty eighth birthday to Rob Hunt for Friday the seventh of July. Absolutely busy day Friday seventh of July. The club put out an update to their ticketing and membership programs. We're going to mention uh, these very briefly. Three big updates. First of all, new ticketing categories introduced, dividing our home fixtures into three different categories for supporters. We have category A for the bigger teams, category B. And only two teams in the lowly category C were yeah. Lincoln and Port Vale. I don't know why that's been based on in those two. I presume it might be around international fixtures, but I've got no idea. But it seems quite yeah, harsh. Yeah, Cheltenham could go in that. Carlisle could go in that. Burton can go in that. Shrewsbury can go in that. Or why not have A and B and just have, push those two up, right? And have like, I guess you're going gonna, to gonna, say like, offer value. No, because then Cambridge, Stevenage, Peterborough. Peterborough not necessarily tier, like... A level, yeah. but they they bring a decent crowd. Yeah, absolutely. Northampton will probably bring a decent crowd as well. So there are some like the bigger clubs, like the Oxfords, will probably bring a decent. Yeah, crowd it's a good point well. about Carlisle. I don't see how Carlisle category C. I'm sure someone uh, it will. I don't know how their category B. There should be category C. Yeah, same saying, as yeah. Cheltenham. They bring like one man and their dog and sit in the, <laughs> uh, yeah, sit in the stand. But anyway. We'll uh, domestic and international memberships are set to be launched as well with the One Orient Plus membership scheme giving fans the opportunity to gain exclusive access to competitions, give some priority on home and away tickets and will bridge the gap between owning a season card and those unable to commit to the full 23 home games a season. The memberships will be priced at £20 for juniors and 30 for adults and will include a range of additional benefits. Yeah, so when I first read that, I couldn't get my head round. I was like, do I need to buy a membership? in well. priority and then they explained right at the end of the uh, yeah, summary just for those that can't get season, season holders will still get priority and yes. then you get priority if you're it's like what Premier League clubs do yeah absolutely yeah it's fair enough basically uh, and the last part is <laughs> they are hospitality offering for the forthcoming season was announced with new increasing pricing confirmed more details of all these on the website what I will say is they're proper gunning for it, right? Like they're proper gunning for every pound they can get, which I guess they as a football to. club, they should do. As a consumer, I think, well, I'm already spending enough money. Like I don't have that disposable. But if you've got Billy Big Mates who's willing to throw loads of money at hospitality and everything, then the kits, fair, yeah, 
enough to do it Season but all generating enough. income yeah it's they've needed. got to do so it's needed it's not fair that, that a select few of the owners have to put in two million quid out of yeah, their yeah. own pocket that's not an insignificant sum of money regardless of how wealthy you are yeah. to lose or to have to put into into the club so you know the spending does need to come up it's just a shame it's kind of happening right now rather than uh, a slow gradual thing but I think the hospitality prices are so strong 120 for the E10 one and 140, 145 for the three-course sit-down, which I think is really, really strong. I had the E10 lounge last season. Um, my boss um, took uh, bought tickets and, and we did it. The food was lukewarm. It, it wasn't particularly hot. It was edible. Uh, it was fine in that regard. Um, but I didn't get anywhere near the value that I thought the £60 deserved. And for now, to then double that to 120 and include a pint and prime seating, it's not really another 60 quid's worth of... Like, a pint's like three quid, four quid to them. You know, prime seating, it's not really... It's not going to be in the gallery, I can't imagine, because they're pretty much sold out or they'll be for increased people that want to sit there. So how prime is it going to be? Was it going to be in the east end on the halfway line in the old director seats or something? Like, You're probably, yeah, no, I, like, I don't mean to sound like a moaner about everything, but <sighs> I just don't see the value. I just don't see the value in it. In, in, for me, I think it's a bit unreasonable. We shall see. We are always open to hospitality tickets. If anyone wants to change our view, <laughs> Mister Mister Blitz, you know happy we're talking. To, we're in a, you know we're talking to you, Mister Blitz. <laughs> Et bricks, come on, sort it out. All right, let's go on the Friday evening. It was time for the first pre-season game away at Billy Ricky Town. We're not going to go through this in too much detail. First half lined up Barely any, with uh, in goal of Howe, Trialist, Beckles, Soji, Hunt, Prattley, Sanders, Adji, Sotiriu, Abirio and Trialist. The first half ended goalless. Changes were made at half-time. The second half, XI lining up was Byrne, James, another Trialist, Ogie, Sweeney, Brown, Galbraith, Trialist Pegram, Trialist Drynan, with a few subs also getting some game time in the second half. <clears throat> Around the trialists in the second half, one was reportedly Richie's son, Charlie. Nice. Another one was Oldham's player of the season, Joseph Yarni, which uh, was highlighted to me by one of my mates who supports Oldham, who rates him. Uh, and Bobby Duncan is another player who's kind of been strongly rumoured. The game ended 0-0. Valuable minutes uh, were gained by all players. I think there's roughly 1,677 fans there, which isn't a bad turnout at all so we're already aware that the podcast is at an hour 24 but Richie did give a really good interview after it that Dave Victor was kind enough to send us we're going to play it because he gives good updates across a number of things so here is Dave Victor talking to Richie Wellens post Billy Ricky and we're on mute just how excited are you about next season I'm excited about next season I'm not excited about these kind of games they don't, they don't really get my adrenaline going they don't get a pulse going Um but they are a means of a means. You know, you turn up your first game after you've worked hard with the players have been fantastic. But then it's an astral turf pitch, it's roasting. I thought the first half players found it tough in terms of the heat was 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 extreme. But not all the players have acquitted themselves, no injuries. And some of the things in terms of our possession we got to. But when you pick two teams like that and it's mix and match, it's, it can be very difficult. So we've got through it, no injuries and I'm pretty pleased. And that's important because I remember this time last season at Haringey, you picked up a couple of significant injuries, didn't you? Well, yeah, I mean, when you change surfaces, it's, it can be really difficult. I don't know, I don't understand how these teams, especially when you look at the National League and, and in Scotland where they have AstroTurf pitches and these teams are playing on... I think it's really difficult. But um, I think first half, we, listen, we had all the ball, more or less the whole game. But I thought their shape was really good. You have to give them credit. And a typical pre-season game, you want to play in front of them. Every goal has to be perfect. 
when they were quite high, but this, we, we had no pockets to play in. And we just need to lift the ball over the top more more to try and create them gaps in the, in the middle of the pitch. And we'd never done that. I thought second half was more or less in complete domination. We just needed the goal to break them down. But like I say, a lot of players got good minutes and it's, it's just a starting board for them. Over 1,600 here, and I think uh, for the audience supporters, they were the majority, and they enjoyed seeing the new signings. Well, I thought Max Sanders was the best player on the pitch, first half, his range of passing is there for all to see, he's a clever footballer, and when we tidy him up, he, he's going to be a real asset to the club. I thought Sam Housing goal looked really composed, he'd done everything with, a, with an intensity to him, he's seen little glimpses of Dan Adji, he's a week behind the rest of the lads, but he's seen little glimpses where... You know, he can manoeuvre the ball, he's got pace, he's got power, so he's exciting. And I thought, Ethan, you've shown little touches of class as well, second half. So, obviously, Idris was only training with us two days, so we felt it was important that he got a training session today. And on Astro, not doing much, it was a little bit of a, of a risk to train him. So, listen, I think the four good signings, um, hopefully, I can see Ling, if you turn the camera down around now, look, it's going to turn around. You see Ling, he's on his phone there. Hopefully, we might, oh, he's just put it down, it wasn't that long. Hopefully, we might have... Um, couple more in the next week or so. It wouldn't be a pre-season pre friendly without a, a trialist or two. And there was a special one for the O's, wasn't there, in that second half? Yeah, no, I mean, Charlie's obviously left United. He's going in at another club on Monday. So we were short on bodies this week. So the, Sorry, for the last week and a half he trained with us just to get him a base fitness. Um, and even though he's a right-back, we stuck him on the left wing um, because we needed a body there. Obviously, we, we've, with Theo, who we didn't want to risk because he, he just strained his thigh. That Haynold Forest run again, which we got a few injuries there last year. We've done it again. Matt Harold loves it, but we keep picking a niggle up. But we're very, very superstitious as well. So Forest run, and then the first game on AstroTurf. Hopefully the Omens are good in the, in, in the coming season. But yeah, Charlie just needs a bit of fitness. As the rest of them do, he'll, he'll go to Cardiff on Monday and obviously spend a bit of time with him. And is it because of the pitch that Dan Happy didn't feature tonight? Well, Dan's not trained. Uh, he, he's doing his own um, training programme with... Um, with Melvin and with Keats and when he I think probably Monday we'll have to be careful with a travel with a travel schedule but definitely by Tuesday he'll be he'll be back training fully we just need to he, when you do your middle you're just scared of just that contact you know the block tackle where you can just open up so we'd be careful with him in terms of his fitness he's doing a lot of running so that should be fine Charlton on the first day of the season Charlton on Monday in Spain yeah, yeah I mean it, will, it won't have any bearings on, on the first game of the season the the atmosphere, the intensity, everything about it will be totally, totally different. Um, and we've, we've arranged with, with, with Charlton to play four 30 minutes so everybody can play 60. So, obviously, that's not the case in the first game of the season. We, we want the majority of 11 to play to play 90. So, yeah, it's, if we could have changed it, we probably would have changed it, but we were already committed to it. So, yeah, we'll just, we'll just crack on. Charlton, Plymouth, Portsmouth. It couldn't be a harder start, could it? Oh, we don't play. We play Plymouth in the yeah in the court. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah it's, uh, pain in the ass about that is it's away. It is. I mean, is it, away, is it a further? We always get away trips. I remember Forest Green last year. Um, no, I mean, Charlton obviously new manager going in, seeing the season off, a lot of transition. Um, Ports will be will be strong next year. You would imagine that. For me, them, them kind of clubs in League One shouldn't be they're given. They should give a given. He shouldn't be in League One. A, a huge crowd, huge stadiums, huge clubs. So um, I think it's a great start. Why not start with it? You've got to play them all twice anyway. Um, I'd rather play them now than, let's say, a Bolton, a Barnsley, 
that have got the majority of the players that have a bit of cohesion. And we should have a lot of cohesion if you look at our back four. Our midfield has more or less stayed the same. Um, out of the players that we've lost, we've only really lost Kelman and, and Paul Smith from our outfield players and obviously Lawrence. So we should have cohesion and we found out last year what a good start can do. And finally for me, Richie, what is your target? What is realistic for next season? I've no idea. I've no idea. If we was going into that league last year, and I would have thought, I just had a previous interview. And f for me, Plymouth's achievement of getting over 100 points. I think Ipswich were either 100 points or close to 100 points. Sheffield Wednesday were 97. Barnsley and Bolton were 85, 86. They, usually them kind of points can get you automatic. Which says to me that the bottom of the league, I mean, even the relegation was going down on low, low points. So there's an opportunity. I think next year will be an opportunity because I don't think the three coming down will be as strong as the three going up. And I think there's an opportunity for... I see Burton making a lot of signings, doing a lot of good business. Bristol Rovers have got a bit of money. Fleet would have made some good signings. I think there'll be clubs like that that you expect to be in the middle of the bottom that will challenge for the playoffs. You know, I think a couple of them will get in. So, um, interesting league. I have not got a clue. You asked me this question last year and I said if we finish above Northampton and Mansfield, I'll be very, very happy. And if we finish above Bolton and Derby next year... I'll be even happy. <laughs> 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 Thank you. Well, ways to end it. Richie Wellens almost dropping an F-bomb on your well, pretty uh, much podcast. So I think that was a really good interview uh, from Richie, So, which, which is why we played it. He mentioned some really good points uh, around there, around the squad and expectations for next season. So Sunday, the 9th of July, then we move on to the day we finally caught up Mr Levy as the men's team left the UK. They've departed for their training camp in Marbella for their one game against Charlton and obviously around team bonding and to get everyone on the same page. So we hope they have a lovely time. If you're going out there and you since this on your journey out there, have the most wonderful time and keep us posted on any developments that you have out there. Yeah, absolutely right. The ladies' team were in pre-season action today for the first time and they were defeated 6-1 by a Puma showcase team with the O's solitary goal coming from Hunt who scored from the penalty spot. So unlucky to the ladies, but again, it's just pre-season. It absolutely is. So before we round this one up then, <coughs> I think it's been a busy two months at the club. Yep. We've seen some massive outgoings. Yep. We've seen some incomings. I think at this point, I think the fan base is fairly positive. So Mr Levy, where are you at? So with your views for like the upcoming season? I'm with the majority. In fact, pretty much I think any sane Orient fan would be is that very, very happy uh, about this I'm very happy with the strength in squad that we've got I believe in trusting Richie and Martin um, to do to, you know to do what they need to do to get the right players in and not just go for anyone or anything I think um, it shouldn't be underestimated how difficult it is in this day and age to get the right players to move for the right reasons now um, so many players are just you know chasing a contract or, or chasing a a move to a big club uh, or, or a sexy name yeah, as higher up the league as, as what they obviously can get. So for me, um, yeah, obviously, look, gutted to lose Paul Smith, gutted to lose Lawrence, Lawrence Vigaru. Paul Smith, I think, you know, we've been has been replaced uh, with a player who had a better return last season uh, overall. So quite exciting, similar age as well. Lawrence Vigaru, his replacement obviously remains to be seen. But again, we don't begrudge him a move at all. He served us very, very well, clearly a level above us. But but generally, you know, you look at the additions. We've signed a young lad who played in League Two all season from from Manchester United. We've signed um, 
in, in Ethan Galbraith. We've signed uh, Max Sanders, uh, who by all accounts uh, against uh, Billy Ricky last night chose some really beautiful passes and has a good range of passing. You know, we've retained Jordan Brown, Darren Prattley, you know, the crux of a side, Theo Archibald, whose name hasn't even come up really yet. Fundamentally, we are there. We just needed a sprinkling of, of, of other players. So, yeah, I'm absolutely delighted. Excited to see, you know, we've got Drinan and Saturiu as established strikers. It's just a question of who else that we're going to be signing, um, you know, to complement that and, and to sort of give them a chase, a run for their money. What formation we'll be playing, who knows? It could be a 4-1-3-2 or a, or a 4-2-3-1 that he's been playing or a 4-1-4-1. You know, he's got a myriad of options really, isn't he? Or a 4-5-1 if we need to. So we've certainly got an overwhelming amount of quality in the midfield. The defence is solid. Probably need a couple of backups uh, there, especially as, you know, Adam Thompson won't be getting a, a full mm-hmm. pre-season um, there. So we'll probably need like an Ed Turns or someone else capable enough to, to be able to come in. I hope that doesn't ruin Adam's chance of, uh, of getting game time this season. I really rate Adam. I think whenever I've seen him play, he's done very, very well. Very impressed by him. And also speaking to him at the Star Man as well. Very impressive guy. Really nice guy. Um, so yeah, I'm very happy overall. I couldn't be happier, to be honest. Good stuff. I think um, for me, I think I've been quite surprised with the quality of footballer who's come in so far. I think Dan Aji could be a big, big player for Orient. His stats last season speak for themselves. I'm really happy with that one. Although I am disappointed to lose Viggs and Smith, obviously like every other Orient fan is. I think Galbraith could be a mega signing yeah. for us, hopefully, potentially. Sanders, I think, could do a good job for us. I think I'm really happy with what we've got so far. I think the goalkeeper is a big talking point. If it is Sol Brin, I think I'd be fairly happy with that. If it's not, then I guess we'll see who comes in. Although, from what people were saying, Bryn is pretty much there. I think Harry McCurdy, who it sounds like would have signed had it not been for his injury, mm. would have been great as a squad addition. Then you would have had McCurdy, Adji and Archibald as your potential wingers. I think they would have been really strong in League One. Mm-hmm. I think there's still questions for me around that number nine. Don't think Satiru is ready to lead a campaign at League One level yet. Although I'd love to be proven wrong. I'd say based on last year, Drynan isn't. I think we need two number nines. I've, the rumours on that have kind of stopped around number nines. Whoever comes in, I think based on what we've seen so far, will be quality. It might be an eye-opener. Who knows who will come in? I think that could be really exciting. But I think as we sit here on the 9th of July, considering how distraught and what a big task I thought faced Orient, after, on the same day after we'd lost Viggs and Smith I think Ling and Wellings and everyone have done an exceptional job I think getting Elmis back cannot be underestimated yeah. Ran rings literally like we said around League 2 last season there's more than ready to step up into League 1 that defence as a back four of Hunt Beckles Happy and James were fantastic last season albeit they had figure behind them so I think like we said the keeper's massive central midfield speaks for itself really got a good six in there who he can kind of rotate into that three and obviously Archibald, if he can deliver what he delivered last season, Aji on the left, and then hopefully get a decent, really proven and exciting young number nine in, we could be a force next season. So, yeah. yeah, as it stands, with what, three and a half weeks, basically four weeks before the season starts, I think we're in a pretty strong place, and I'm excited about that one. So, your Southdown chums, 
are fairly happy with what we've got. Uh, and I think massive kudos has to go to the club. Let us know your thoughts on that one. You can also always tweet us no matter where you are. You can, we can be found at Orient Outlook on Twitter. We can be found at Instagram at Orient underscore Outlook underscore podcast. We can be found on Facebook at Orient Outlook podcast. Or you can email us if you like at Orient Outlook outlook.com you absolutely can so let's wrap this up then we're just pushing an hour 40 now so a bit of a bumper one with so much that's happened uh, in the last couple of months it is every uh, piece of information that we hopefully hopefully you haven't missed uh, fantasy football we are going again on fantasy.premierleague.com we want to beat last season's total um, participation amount of 356 players so if you play and you weren't in our league last season then make sure you join our league you can use the code ZNDKHF if you've got some mates that do it and aren't in our league you're welcome to join we want to try and get as many people in that league as we possibly can absolutely beautifully done Mr Levy so we've got positives and negatives of pre-season I guess I'll do positives uh, this week so first up squad additions very happy with the additions that have come in really good quality second positive we've retained nearly all of last season's squads like Richie said cohesion is quite a big thing we're on that pitch at Charlton there'll be a lot of them who've carried over from last season yeah and lastly, I think it's fair to say, it's still quite a positive mood within the fan base mm. for the most part. So really, really good to see that. I think it's really important we keep that. It's a very difficult start to the season. You couldn't have picked pretty much a more difficult start away yeah. to Charlton at home to, home to Portsmouth. And I think it's Wickham, in it? So really tough free opening league games. Throwing Plymouth away at the Carabao Cup as well. It's a difficult start to the season. Got to stick with them as it stands, no matter what the results are. Three positives there. Yeah, the three negatives we've got, the squad losses, we've lost obviously Smith and Viggs, uh, mainly, uh, obviously lone players have gone back, like Kelman for example. Injuries from pre-season already, Adam Thompson as we've mentioned, I think Theo Archibald has picked up a slight strain uh, in his thigh. Um, I think also Dan Happy starting slightly later as well. But again, really minor in the grand scheme of the squad that we've got. And obviously the final negative, which isn't a massive deal either, we're still no first choice goalkeeper that's been announced. Although not only not announced, could well be training like with the squad. Oh, I'm so, sure so it's already it's probably like integrated within yeah. there. So I'm sure yeah. it's gone to Spain. Really interesting. I'm sure he's on that plane. Alright, so we have our hero of pre-season so we normally do here of the week it's probably a good point to mention that this is up for sponsorship so if anyone is listening to the podcast and you own a business we do have sponsorship opportunities around hero of the week around the prediction league that will be making its welcome comeback when the season starts and around social media so if you're an avid listener to the podcast or a massive orient fan and you think there's an opportunity there drop us a dm we are more than happy to have a chat with you but our hero of the week we decided, I think it's pretty unanimous for the job he has done in rebuilding the team. There's been a few tweets about him. So our hero of pre-season so far is... Martin Ling. Yeah, well done to Martin Ling. Next week's fixtures in, so the pre-season gets a bit more real. We are away at Brentford Town uh, on Tuesday, the 11th of July, as an Orient Exile will take part in a friendly away to them. And on Friday, the 14th of June, we face Charlton Athletic in Marbella. And if you're going, have a great time at that one. Make sure you put on plenty of sun cream. Because <laughs> it's an early kickoff, but that'll be a bloody hot day, that one. It really will. So, sponsorship reminder, as Steve said, uh, we have a few packages available to suit your budget, so get in touch with us. But John and the team at Carol Langley will be staying with us 
for the 23-24 League One campaign. You can call them on 0208 529 if you've got an event that you need um, decorating, if you've got a wedding, whether it's a corporate or uh, you just want to say thank you or happy birthday or happy anniversary or commiserations or, you know, unfortunately if someone passes and you need the appropriate flowers for a funeral, John and Tina and the team can look after you. They're at Carol Langley. That's Carol with an E on the end. Carol Langley E4 or at Essex Biz on Twitter, Instagram, Carol Langley Florist and just search Carol Langley Florist on Facebook and you'll find them. So that is it. Now we are pushing an hour and three quarters here. So... Thank you for listening to episode 323. Oh, uh, yeah. I'll, first of all, two things. One, it's the Orient Outlook podcast, ninth birthday on Friday. So Friday is nine years to the day since episode one, since me and you had a little iPad. We had Garage Band that kept us yeah. at 32 minutes. Yeah. So we had to get our podcast in and we didn't really know what the hell we were doing. So happy ninth birthday. Happy ninth birthday. Missed it, uh, uh, Lejean Day. And second, how good is it to be back, right? Yeah, missed it. it. Missed it's it. so good to talk about. It's Orion. been good to be away, but it's now good to be back talking about good, positive oh, things. We are back and we are loving it. So to summarise this one, it has been a busy few weeks of change at the O's. It's been proper busy with some familiar and legendary faces leaving the club. But as one player leaves, it creates opportunity for a new face to come in, create their own legacy, new memories at the club. We've been very impressed with the talent that's been brought into the O so far this pre-season. We look forward to seeing who else arrives over this period with Richie Wellens and Martin Ling fine-tuning the squad all in preparation for the start of the season on Saturday the 5th of August. Yeah, it's coming soon, isn't it? Um, If you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe. Give our podcast a five-star rating. We'd really appreciate it. I think we've got just over 100 at the moment. You can rate the show on Spotify. We've got nearly 100 on Spotify. So thanks to everyone who's taken the time to do that. We'd really appreciate it. It does help people who are trying to find information about Orion on podcasts, which are obviously really popular. Um, So yeah, please do help us. We, you know, it helps to get us heard by other people. So if you're listening on SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn and Stitcher, add us to your favourites and that way you'll get all the podcasts as soon as they're available. We're also on smart speakers. We're also on the Fan Hub app. So listening to this podcast just could not be any simpler. If you've got an older relative, a loved one, someone that's got a a friend that's got a passing interest in the podcast, there's new fans taking up season tickets still, coming to games, grab their phone for them, download it for them and pass the pod. Absolutely. So we'll be back with episode 324 soon. I think we'll do one more this pre-season before the season kicks off proper. That will have all the information of views that you could ever need. So we look forward to hearing from you. And as always, keep calm, stay safe, have a great week, and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's.